1: file on Premier. Welcome to the show that helps you lead as Christ would have you lead, if he were you. Whether you're listening live or one of the many thousands who listen via the podcast, great to have you along. And if you're new to the show, a reminder the show is available on demand via premierradio.com or via iTunes or Podbean. Now chances are you're probably listening to this with a roof over your head. But a staggering 320,000 people in the UK don't have a roof over their head at all, according to figures published in November 2018. This was a rise of 13,000 or 4% on the previous year's figures and a equivalent to 36 new people becoming homeless every day. Thankfully statutory bodies and charities are at work seeking to alleviate the problem and I'm joined this week by Mitch Mina, the Territorial Director of Homelessness at the Salvation Army, a ministry and group of churches famous for their care for the poor. So welcome Mitch to the
0: Thanks Andy, good to be here.
1: So how did you become involved with the Salvation Army and their homeless ministry, homelessness ministry in, uh, in particular?
0: So, Andy, first and foremost, the Salvation Army is a Christian church. Yeah, that's uh, that's what drives me. That's what drives all that we that we seek to do. Uh, I've been involved with the Salvation Army uh, both as my church and in employment. For uh, you'll find this hard to believe, for forty-one years. Well, Yes. So uh, my background is I'm a social worker, probation officer, trained, qualified, working with young offenders. Mm. Uh, And I moved into homelessness about 25 years ago. Uh, And I just feel, for me, it's very much my, my vocation. And I have a real interest and a passion that we need to do something to help the less fortunate and those who are vulnerable in our society. So that's why I do what I do. And I think for the Salvation Army, it's about our expression of love and reaching out to the whosoever.
1: Right, amen, amen. Uh, and the, the leading causes of homelessness, I've read various things. What would your perspective be on that?
0: So I'd love to say this is the one reason <laughs> yes. that, uh, that causes homelessness, but unfortunately there's no such thing as one as one reason. Uh, there's a combination of, of factors, and I think people need to just understand that the... the Homelessness presenting as being homeless, underneath that, there are a number of of issues. So things such as, first and foremost, there is a lack of housing. That's a fact uh, throughout the the United Kingdom. Uh, But added to that, there are things such as uh, mental health, addictions, dysfunctional family life, people leaving prison, uh, people leaving hospital people leaving the armed forces, Uh, this big issue of mental health, people not being able to sustain relationships. And for me, what I've seen over the years is people lacking in purpose. So there's no purpose to life, and therefore they, they they can't come to grips with this coping mechanism they need to to be able to sustain a tenancy and to live in a community uh, because of of who they are and and, and the and, and the background to, to their personal circumstances.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I quoted three hundred twenty thousand rough sleepers, uh, but sometimes the figures are underreported because councils have set you know their targets are set and they they, they want to meet those targets and you know in all due, due respect sometimes they they underestimate the real problem what, what would you all
0: feel be so you... I, do, I, I don't really want to argue with you about statistics <laughs> you know but with the greatest respect, it's a lot
1: of people yeah, isn't it
0: it's a lot of people uh, statistics can say whatever you want them to say yeah uh, you know so I don't want to disrespect no. what's been recorded what's been reported out there all I know is from what I've seen with my own eyes the people I've met so I'm fortunate and privileged that I, uh, Salvation allow me to travel throughout the United Kingdom so again and out the big cities and the towns and there is clearly the demand for our service and the service of other providers has increased over the years and clearly, rough sleeping is is a massive issue, not only to London, but to the other cities and towns. There is, there is obvious things that you see right before you. So I would say there is a lot of people in need of supported accommodation and there is a lack of housing available. But I'm pleased that the government is trying to do something about it. But of course, we're in this new era of devolved governments so we're fortunate we work with Westminster government we work with the Scottish uh, government we work with the Welsh Assembly government we work with the Northern Ireland Executive and so we've got a real feel that there is a massive issue out there and and the statistics are are, are enough whether they're right or not I would dare suggest uh, open to challenge but I dare suggest the statistics that have been provided we can add to that because yes. i don't think they, they reveal the, the, the reality of it
1: now i understand that, that, that the homeless person's legislation says that every statutory authority is obliged to provide temporary accommodation to a homeless person how does your work kind of interact with that is is, is that really the case or do they are the statutory authorities fail to do what they should be doing or are they offering it and the homeless people are not Picking it up. What? was talk, talk to us about the how it is on the street, as it were. Okay, uh, maybe not on the street, but uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I mean, the 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 homelessness reduction act, uh, April mm. two thousand eighteen, came into being, and, and that was welcomed. I yeah. mean, everybody welcomed it. You couldn't argue with it. Okay. So the desire uh, was that's for England uh, and Wales only, of mm. course. Uh, uh, but the the the. the the gist behind it was about dealing with the individual and trying to uh, trying to offer that immediate response to an, an individual. It's about trying to be more preventative. Uh, but the reality is, the will is there, the desire is there, but the resources are limited. And so each local authority may well have that duty of care to help. Uh, people who are experiencing homelessness, but if they don't have the resources and if the demand, and I think that's perhaps the point i want to make with you today, the demand is greater than the provision, and therefore we uh, often experience this uh, hitting your head off a brick wall type of thing because you can only do so much with the resources you've got available to you, and therefore not everybody gets caught up uh, in, in that sort of preventative measure.
1: Right, right. Um, OK, well, we can, we can unpack that a little bit later, perhaps. But, uh, uh, I mean, I understand I did some research, obviously, for our conversation. I, the removal of homelessness camps by councils has trebled mm-hmm. in the last five years. So it, it would suggest the problem is rising in terms of homelessness. I mentioned the stats, but they, it does seem to be increasing.
0: Yeah. Uh, camps, what, what, a, what a terrible state of affairs. Yeah. They they people have had to create camps. And what, what we mean is people... Bring their tents and they bring their cardboard boxes and I don't want to overplay that or mm. overstate that, but I've seen it yeah. and it's ugly. You know, yeah, it's just it not pleasant and it's not it's not humane either. Sure, uh, and, and my, my, for me the question is why do people need to do that? Clearly, there is insufficient resources. And I keep going back to that. And it, it's not making a political statement. It's just being factual. Mm. There is there is insufficient resources for local authorities to make provision for people. So what a number of people do is they get together and they create this camp, but it's not a pleasant site. Uh, but within that camp, there are some lovely people who are in desperate need of support and care and provision. And uh, therefore, what they do is they find that, that safety net been in, been in that camp but not a number of local authorities of course they're seeking to to rid these uh, the, the towns and the cities of, the, of these camps that's okay but where do the people go you know it's okay to clear the campsites as we call them but where do people go to find that that safe haven and yeah. I think that's an issue that has not really been addressed yet okay
1: okay um, and I've I've known connected to our church you know homeless folk who've have chosen not to take up the provision. Um, because they prefer to be on the streets, and of course that gives gives people who are a little bit bl- blasé about this whole issue of a car. Well, you know there are homes around, and these people are not taking them. So, what what would be your take on how common that is?
0: So I meet people like that too, mm. uh, and in 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 uh, in my church, but actually in our services. And as I wander the streets, I, you know, I don't go poking my nose into everybody's business, but sure, I, do, sure. I do chat to people out there. Uh, you've got to to understand yeah. uh, what the reality is. Uh, so I, I just wonder why, and that's a question I ask myself often. Why would somebody choose to to sleep rough? Why, mm. uh, other than there have been insufficient uh, resources, but there are a number of people who choose. So you take somebody and you offer them an appropriate supported housing or, or, or a hostel or whatever it is and and they refuse it. So I think the fundamental question is why is that? And I think you need time to engage with these people because... They've got a story to tell. Yeah. And it's when you sit down and listen to the story, you get an understanding of why they're in that position. And often it's to do with uh, history, their personal history. It's to do with their mental well-being. It's to do with experiences they've had in in, in in earlier years. And they think it's it's easier and safer for them to live in the street. I don't get that. I don't get it, but we've got to uh, just acknowledge that for some people that's their choice. But there are lots of people, it's not their choice. And it's for those folks that I think we need to make sure there's a, there's appropriate provision for them.
1: So it's probably quite a very small percentage of people who would choose.
0: I would suggest it's a small percentage of people who choose and who you offer accommodation to, mm. and they still turn it down. Yeah. And often you give people uh, accommodation and they don't have that coping mechanism. Yeah, And so therefore... They're asked to leave and they're back on the street. And so I think we've got to address this thing. What do we need to do, we, the Salvation I mean, Army, what these other providers and the government, what do we need to do to make appropriate accommodation and support to allow folk to transition into that place and find a sense of safety, comfort and support that allows them to move on into a more secure environment?
1: Wonderful. Well, you're listening to the Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Mitch uh, Mina. Uh, Mitch is the Territory Director of homelessness at the Salvation Army, and we'll be back just after this. Welcome back to the Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Mitch Mina, the territorial director of homelessness at the Salvation Army, and ministry and group of churches famous for their care for the poor. Of course, we were a little bit gloomy in our first part of the show as we outlined the, the sad and uh, fact of, of maybe a third of a million people, maybe more, who don't have a roof over their head in uh, the UK today. Uh, but looking a little bit more now uh, at the second half at, uh, at how the Salvation Army has responded, is responding to that and Mitch's uh, work as, uh, as leader of that. So, talk about Lifehouses, uh, Mitch, and the th- kind of things they do.
0: Well, there's a question uh, Lifehouse. Uh, Lifehouse for us is a brand that we, uh, the word hostel, yes. some years ago we felt was inappropriate. Okay. It conjured up all sorts of, uh, of mindsets, uh, more about warehousing mm. people. And so, my predecessor uh, uh, ran a campaign with with uh, people living in, in, in our centres, and they came up with this name Lifehouse with a little strap line underneath. More than a place to stay, yeah. And I think that's crucial to, to who we are and and, and and what we do. We've got a, a quite a range of of life houses in the United Kingdom with the Republic of Ireland. So we have uh, male only life houses. We've got female only life houses. We've got family services. Uh, we've got services specific for young people, sixteen to twenty one. Uh, We've got a bail and probation uh, service. Uh, We've got a domestic violence service. They all come under the title of Homelessness Services Unit for the Salvation Army of Life Houses. Uh, We've got a rehab service. We've got a Housing First project, uh, which is relatively new to us. We've got a couple of night shelters. Uh, We are supporting Syrian refugees. Uh, We've got a couple of safe houses for people uh, who've experienced uh, human trafficking. Uh, and we have a bus project, which is not a life house. It's a bus. It's a a, a double-decker bus that we've converted, and that goes into the street, and we provide uh, uh, food. uh, We provide counselling. We provide uh, primary health care. We provide a clothing store, Mm. and uh, that's just a great opportunity to engage with people who would be in the street. Uh, So that's what we offer. Uh, We've got... 100 services in the united oh, kingdom right. yes and we are accommodating each night 3200 uh, bed spaces mm. and we engage with uh approximately eight thousand individuals on an annual basis
1: Right, so right. that's a lot of people so the life house uh how long would someone still stay, stay there typically is is it a, a bridge to somewhere else or does it Become a
0: well, because of where we are today uh, mm. with government funding, local authority funding, it's all about contracts and the contract, the local authority determine how long someone should stay with us. So that ranges from three months to two years. It depends on, on the area we're working in and, and the contract that's available to us. But wherever we get the opportunity, we try to engage with people. Uh, we try to uh, develop their skill base. We try to build their self-esteem. We try to uh, reconnect them with family, if that's, if that's at all mm. uh, possible. The important thing is, regardless of how long we've got people with us, I'm quite clear about this. It's about we seek to give people a hand up rather than a hand out. Okay. Uh, and that's important for, for, the, for their self-esteem. And we focus on, on what we can do with you, rather than what we can do to you.
1: I see. They okay. need to
0: take responsibility, but we will support them and work alongside them and, and journey with them.
1: Right. Not dissimilar, I guess, to the third world situation where organisations like Tear Fund have moved away from merely giving money, but actually instead they, they seek to train and help local yeah. people to, um, you know,
0: What I've discovered, Andy, is that many people who come into our life houses, mm. people we engage with, they've got a story to tell, they've lived a life and many of them have the skills but they've maybe lost sight of them yeah. You know, to to, to uh, uh, live a good life in, in the community. So I think our responsibility is to help them regain those skills mm. and the little kind of phrase that I often use as I go round and talk to people is uh, this is not what you've fallen to, this is where you start to rebuild your life yeah. and if we can grasp that, that's about the individual, valuing the individual and, and bringing out from them that skill base. I've got that knowledge and start to regain, they start to regain that self-esteem. That's so important.
1: Yeah, sure, sure. And no doubt there are financial challenges to all this. These you know, these things cost money.
0: Uh... Oh, well. <laughs> Where do you want to start? <laughs> Where do you want to start with this one? So, I mean, we continue to find a uh, great challenge in finance mm. that's, that's a bomb we are so grateful the Salvation Army is so grateful to the public and to trusts and to donors who give generously every year some every month some every week mm. to to the Salvation Army to the work of the Salvation Army we're grateful for that but our business is about people and uh, in terms of working with homelessness that's about property as well so we have a number of our own buildings they need to be maintained. Uh, and to provide the quality service, which I believe we do, you're required to have a quality staff team. And therefore, that costs money sure. uh, for, for salaries and uh, for training and for all the added value things that we offer people. And so, financially, it's uh, for homelessness Services, for the Salvation Army. If I tell you, we are operating on a £54 million budget. Wow. Well. For the United Kingdom with the Republic of Ireland, uh, that's a hefty sum. But we are so grateful because the income stream comes from local authority grants, comes from personal payments from residents, and we are, we are blessed because the public are very generous to the Salvation Army and we use their income, uh, we use that income to help us mm. do the work that we do.
1: Sure, sure. Um, and the leadership challenges in, in all this for you Mitch you're the ter- territorial director I don't know if you can ex- explain what yeah, you do what so, that means
0: Salvation Army uh, several times I've, I've said to you the United Kingdom with the Republic of Ireland so the territory that's the mm. Salvation Army in the United Kingdom with the Republic of Ireland that's our geographical spread right, right. so I'm based in London at the head office and my responsibility is for the, the strategic and operational management of, of our homelessness services but yeah. but I don't do that alone. Uh, we've got about sixteen hundred members of staff working mm-hmm. within homelessness services spread throughout. So we go up as far as Peterhead in, in the North Scotland, we go down as far as the Isle of White, we go over to Isle of Man, we're in Northern Ireland, Southern Ireland. So we're well spread across across the whole of what we call the territory. The sure. United Kingdom with the Republic of Ireland. Just because they're they're part of of, of, of who we are. Uh So for me, the leadership challenge is I need to make sure that what we do uh, continues to be mission-focused and continues to be strategically relevant, i.e. the Salvation Army is first and foremost a Christian church. Uh, We exist uh, to save souls, grow saints, and serve suffering humanity. And I'm quite clear about this. We can't do one without the other two. So it comes as a package. Uh, I think I need to keep focused. I need to make sure my team uh, keep focused because it's about people. It's about the people we serve as well as serving our, our mm-hmm. leaders and, and our funders. We need to serve the people who come to the Salvation Army. Uh, I, I, I think we need to keep uh, training, uh, relevant training uh, before us. And what I would say to you in terms of leadership challenge, Andy, is that we are finding People are more complex now than than, than they ever were. I think mm-hmm. people have always been complex. Issues have always been there, but drug, alcohol, mental health issues, and marital breakdowns, dysfunctional families, they are massive issues for the people we mm. we work with. And I want the staff that we employ at local settings to understand that and to have the skills and the knowledge to help meet those those needs of of the individuals who come who come before us. But you know what? In a world of shifting values, there are standards that remain. And I think we need to keep at the very front of who we are. We are a Christian church. We are a Christian focus on the people uh, that come our way. And whatever we do needs to be about the often the possibility uh, of life in all its fullness and transformation.
1: Absolutely. Fabulous. And the things you've learned along the way (laughs) about about leadership?
0: Ah. Well, I've learned patience because <laughs> I, I, I wasn't always a patient man, let, let me tell you. I've also learned quite seriously that the Salvation Army cannot go this alone. We can't mm. do this in our own strength. Uh, we need to work in partnership with, with other providers. Collaboration, partnership are key words. To, and, and they're not just words. that We need to be serious and intentional mm. uh, about that. I also have discovered that uh, a change takes time whether that's organisational change or an individual's life uh, Mm. changing. But I've also come to the realisation if we always do what we've always done, we'll always get what we've always got. So we can't continue to just go alone. We can't continue just to provide a roof over somebody's head. Mm. We need to engage with individuals. We need to tap into the expertise that's out there and work in collaboration with with other providers. A few years ago, I'd have said, oh, we can do this. Mm. Uh, We don't need the help of other people. But that was arrogant. But actually, it was also a lack of 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 uh, knowledge on my part. So over the years, I've come to a better realization, and uh, I look forward that uh, people have got potential to change, and I've uh, uh, there are people who've come through our service and their lives have changed for the better, and the start of transformation is so evident.
1: Sure, sure. How could listeners get involved? Uh- to hear to discover more presumably they go to your website
0: yes Salvation Army, uh, www.salvationarmy.org.uk. Uh, and there is a homelessness uh, link there okay. so that will give you information about all our life houses it will give you contact details mm. there is some literature there and uh, be very happy to have conversation with people through the web sure. uh, and uh, drop us an email and we'll we'll pick up on that
1: presumably the life house is typically here in the in the bigger cities are they
0: Uh, Yeah, so London, Bristol, uh, Liverpool, uh, Birmingham, Mm. uh, Glasgow, Edinburgh, uh, Belfast, Dublin, yeah, the big, but we've got life houses in other smaller parts of the country, smaller towns, uh, because homelessness is no longer a big city issue, it's across the whole of the country.
1: Yeah, sure. Well, Mitch, uh, we appreciate your, your coming in. So that's uh, Mitch Mina His uh, surname, if, in case you wondered, is M-E-N-A-G-H. Presumably you, you hail from the Scot, Scot-
0: Scotland. Somewhere? Well, yes, this uh, accent's very, very <laughs> Scottish, but then, Meena name is got Irish roots to is it. Has it? So oh, there you go. So father was... Uh... He's got some Irish uh, blood in him. So, Fabulous. Yeah. Okay,
1: so that's uh, Mitch Mina, and uh, thank you so much for all that you've shared today with us. Uh, so Mitch is the uh, Territory Director of Homelessness at the Salvation Army, and as you as you said, you can uh, connect with the the website, the Salvation Army website, and and find out more if that's particularly of interest to you, or or if, sadly, if this if you're listening to this and this is something as afflicting and affecting you personally or uh, people that you uh, directly know. Uh, Obviously, you can uh, uh, listen to the Leadership File via uh, podcast, uh, go to premier's website and you can listen to this one and archive versions of a leadership file there's uh, several hundred there uh, via itunes or or podbean Uh, and or do join us again uh, next sunday at 3 30 for another show this is andy peck thanking you for being with us and uh, god bless you've been listening to the leadership file on premier andy peck serves as a tutor at cwr a christian charity whose courses and publications aim to apply god's word to everyday life Contact him via email, apec at cwr.org.uk.